Hello, my name is Trisha, and you're listening to Art and the Monsters, a podcast about art and all the things that get in the way of making it. Today's monster is diaphanous, like light drapery or sheets, which sounds harmless, but this monster is deceptively heavy. Once it wraps itself around you, like girdling tree roots, it starts a slow suffocation. Today's monster is shame. Shame really sucks the life out of creativity. The most negative impact shame has is its stronghold on curiosity. I was recently reminded that the cliché, curiosity killed the cat, ends with, but satisfaction brought it back. How often do you hear that second part? In my experience, curiosity killed the cat is all you hear, and the cliché is used to shame people for being interested and wanting to learn more. We can think about shame as the opposite of the muse. Shame destroys what hasn't even been created yet. On the November 19th, 2001 copy of The New Yorker is an image of a tree in the shape of a human body. The body is the tree trunk and the head is the part with the twigs and leaves. The tree body is not adorned with any clothes, and as a result, it's a very naked tree exposing itself in the middle of a park. On the sidewalk, a snobbish-looking man looks up at the tree, and I imagine he's thinking something like, How dare you? Shame makes us feel naked and exposed. When we admit to someone that we're artists, or even the timid version, admitting that we dabble in artistic endeavors, It feels like we're exposing ourselves to a judgmental onlooker who thinks, how dare you? How dare you exhibit the courage to follow curiosity and passion where it leads? How dare you take time away from more important endeavors to create? How dare you assume there's any space for what you create out there in the world? How dare you? Those three simple words invoke the persistent, judgmental presence of shame. You know what else is persistent? Existence and its woes. Which leads me to the other piece of this shame puzzle. Existential. Is my art worthwhile? Does what I create even matter? If I'm the only person who sees what I create, does that make it a waste of time? How dare I waste time? This thought process feels a little to me like the question, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? But instead, the question becomes, if I create something, and it doesn't affect anything, does it really matter? If a tree falls in the forest and no one is there, it still makes a sound because the falling mass affects the environment around it, whether anyone is there to hear the effect of that or not. If we were to say that the tree didn't make a sound because no one could hear it, then that's similar to thinking that unless the outcome is observable by someone else, then it doesn't matter. The thing about shame is that it keeps us reliant on external validation. If we don't value what we create, then we need someone else to value it. Our own validation means little when we are ashamed, because shame breeds contempt. Contempt is another word for disrespect or loathing. We cannot engage in the process of making art if we hold ourselves in contempt. There has to be some level of respect for ourselves as we practice the craft, so that when we don't reach the external standards, such as validation or notoriety, We can continue because we know that there's value in the process of learning and growing. If we feel contemptuous toward ourselves because we aren't reaching that end goal, 
then how can we keep going? I often feel a sense of shame when I talk about my own creative work, which is writing. I write novels for children and young adults. My writing occupies a significant portion of my life, and yet I don't talk about it because it seems to me that when someone says they're a writer or an artist of any kind, two opposing images come to people's minds. Neil Gaiman with perfectly tousled air and his writing masterclass ad, or a jobless bum living out of their generous parents' basement with one half-done masterpiece that they just can't finish because the muse hasn't called in several months, but they'll sooner die on top of their art before they become a sellout and make something more conventional to appeal to the masses, or give up and get a job to pay their parents some rent. Of course, I know that there are more nuanced solutions to the problem presented in the second image. No one has to become a sellout or give up altogether to balance making art and a living. But I really worry people think of me as a second version when I say I'm a writer, or even when I say that I write. I don't think I've ever actually used the noun writer to describe myself in conversation. I'm too afraid I'll see the image of that second person I described flashing through their eyes. The reality is that writing takes effort, and there's no shame in that. Effort is respectable. But I don't believe anyone really thinks I put in any effort, and if they did, I don't believe they wouldn't care more about how hard I do or do not work in my real jobs. What I feel the most shame about is that I paid good money for an MFA in creative writing, and truthfully, most days feels like a waste. I feel ashamed of my debt, and I feel ashamed that I have nothing to show for it. I feel like the lazy writer I described earlier, even though I have finished manuscripts, even though I work hard to write and revise my work, even though I don't live in my parents' basement and I work a full-time job. It doesn't feel like enough, and I delude myself into thinking that the right formula, a signed publishing contract plus full-time income as an author plus eventual notoriety, will make the shame go away. Shame is a slow suffocation. The weight of it increases over time and crushes our energy. There is no external solution to reduce the burden. And for me, shame is a problem so internal that if my blood were alphabet soup, the only letters would be S-H-A-M-E. Fellow writers and artists listening, I know you feel similar. If other people didn't feel this way, we wouldn't have phrases like imposter syndrome. What do we do about this monster imposter burden brought on by shame? Should we form a vigilante justice group? I've always wanted to be a twisted hero, killing the shame villain and setting the innocent people of Townsville free. Vigilante justice could work, but then it'd be a whole thing and that'd take us away from our art. And I suspect that we can't kill shame, unfortunately. Shame serves some purpose in some areas of our lives, and so maybe there's a way to work with the shame instead of squelch it. I always want to squelch negative emotions, but much like trying to fix internal problems with external solutions, squelching negative emotions never works. Maybe instead the shame can inform the work. Shame is a universal feeling, and it won't go away just because we try not to acknowledge it. Paradoxically, the more we tried to hide from it, the more it grows. Shame is a bit like a bored child. 
it really wants your attention. And the more you ignore it, the more it will pester you. What if shame is merely a signal like hunger or thirst, that we have a need? Shame can be a tool to find a sense of direction. If I look at my shame as a signal, I can think, okay, so I feel shame over being an unpublished writer because I have a desire to be one. I don't need to feel ashamed, and truthfully, I'm annoyed that I'm ashamed, but it's helpful to know where that feeling comes from. I can work with that shame that way rather than fight it off all the time. Put another way, I can take control of the feeling so that it doesn't control me. When we're always trying to fight off the artist's shame, then we end up doing more fighting with ourselves than creating. Shame isn't going anywhere. So I'll leave you with these questions. What is your shame trying to tell you? How can you acknowledge your shame in order to stop fighting it all the time? Thank you for listening to Art and the Monsters. Send me your thoughts and feelings about artists' shame at artandthemonsters at gmail.com. <laughs>